0: and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hello, Allison here. Happy first day of spring. If you are listening to this in March, it is now spring. One quick announcement for you guys before we start into this episode today. I have a free spring cleaning blitz going on right now. So if it is March, 2023, while you're listening to this and you want to participate for free, send me a DM on Instagram at you do woo, just saying spring cleaning and I'll get you added. If you're listening to this after and you're very interested, still DM me because I'm probably, this has been such a success This is my third time to run this now, and this is our biggest group so far, and it's been such a success for everybody, so I'm probably going to be doing something like this once a quarter or so. So just send me a DM if this is something you're interested in. We're cleaning out all aspects of your digital life, your house, physical life, your finances, and your mental clarity, doing a big old clean out on each area of your life that I listed, and it's going to really help in your manifestation process. So Anyways, I'm so excited for today's episode. My friend and one of my mentors, Julie Solomon, is on the show today. She is a visibility coach and she's damn good at what she does. We had a really cool conversation though. It wasn't just about visibility. We talked about her human design, some of her family's human design. We talked about money and money trauma, money issues, the way that you can completely transform your relationship with money. We got we got pretty deep. So, it's not just about visibility and branding, although that is what she's amazing at. She is a visibility guru, but we also talked about all the woo woo stuff and energetics around money and and all that kind of stuff. It's a really good episode. So, I hope you guys enjoy it. If you love it, please take a screenshot. And post it in your stories and tag me at UDUWU and Julie at Jules Solomon. I have both of our contact info in the show notes. And I hope to see you guys inside the Spring Cleaning Challenge. I am so excited. I am giddy about this conversation. I am so honored to welcome the Miss Julie Solomon to the You Do Woo podcast. Welcome, Julie. I'm so excited to have you on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We are going to talk all things Julie. She's a Manny Jen little bit more manifester energy. She is a podcast host of the Influencer Podcast which I am a loyal listener of. I highly suggest listening, subscribing. I will put that in the show notes. She's a best-selling author, a keynote speaker and just basically helps all of us with visibility and branding, all of us who are entrepreneurs. So, Julie, I actually don't know a whole lot about your background. And I want you to share that for my own selfish purposes and our audience. Give us a little history on you as quick as you want to be on your childhood upbringing, early adulthood, how you ended up now as a branding and visibility coach.
1: I am originally from a really small town in Tennessee and grew up with kind of that small town blue collar mindset. I had two parents, both of which never went to college. My dad literally wore a blue collar to work every day. So I came from a working class family and uh, there were a lot of benefits to that. I think my, my perseverance, my resoluteness, my focus down and figure it out type of energy, all that comes from, I think. Being raised by working class families because we didn't have a lot of money. So there never really was a plan B. You know, we had to like make it work in order to literally put food on the table. So that was my upbringing. And there were some positives to that. But obviously, there's also going to be some challenges to that. And that is where a lot of my old thoughts and patterns and beliefs of, um, scarcity mindset around money, scarcity mindset around abundance. Big things happen to other people, but not me. Who am I to want things? I should just be satisfied with my little life and not try to be anything bigger. So I kind of had this paradox of, of those two worlds kind of playing in my in my brain. Um, and that's really what laid the foundation to what I call my origin story, which if you grab my book, get what you want, the whole first chapter is about this and about origin story. And so my origin story was one of um, hustle, drive, determination, focus, but then also scarcity. It's never enough. There never will be enough. I can't get what I want because it's impossible to get what I want. So the rest of my life really kind of mapped out with me trying to fix the outside to fix that internal belief system, right? And so as you could probably imagine, um, uh, on the outside, things could look nice and shiny and good. Um, It did make me very focused. It made me very determined. It made me very ambitious And wanting to be successful and wanting to prove that I could be somebody. But then on the inside, it also made me feel very isolated and alone. And one of the ways that I would try to fill that void is by shopping. So when I got into my early thirties, I met my now husband, at this point, I had gone to college. I had lived in New York and lived in Nashville. I was now living in LA. I had had a pretty extensive career in PR and publicity by this point. So I had done agency PR in New York City. I had done corporate PR in Nashville. I had worked with some of the best selling authors and thought leaders of our time. And so on paper, quote unquote, Julie Solomon's life was pretty put together, right? Right. She had a $60,000 a year job, salary. She had the man of her dreams. She had her husband. But on the inside, there was still that still small voice that was saying, this isn't enough. And how do you get more? But oh, Julie, you can't get it because you're not worthy of it. And so I would start to shop. And I would buy little things here, some lip gloss, some earrings. I would go have lunches with friends in LA, just trying to feel a sense of belonging. And as the months went by, and then the years went by, there was one day that I was sitting at the kitchen table, which also served as my, you know, makeshift office, my work from home office, checking emails. And I get a call from my husband and he says, Hey, hon, when were you going to tell me about the credit card? And I remember sitting there just like slack jawed, thinking to myself, how do I fix this? Like how do I fix this? And he said, Julie, (laughs) did you just literally spend the last two years racking up over $30,000 of credit card debt and you weren't even going to like mention that fact to me once? And that moment, that rock bottom moment, was a revelation of so much in my life. It was basically like the origin story, the girl that didn't think that she belonged, the worthiness piece, the I'm not good at math, I'm not smart enough to manage my own money. All of those things came crashing down and it was my denial and my delusion and all of the stuff that kind of had brought me to this moment. So I had to make a decision at that moment, Allison, that Did I want to continue to be a prisoner of my own denial and self-deception? Or did I want to just finally, for the first time in my life, set myself free and actually choose the truth? And that was a really hard reckoning for me. And I remember sitting there and I was crying and I was so confused. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, why are you so afraid to be honest? And so that set on a path of massive self-discovery and personal development, all of the all of the therapy all of the life coaches all of the things you know diving into you know the human design and the 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 colby and the personality and the enneagram and just trying to figure out who i am as a person and of course the more that i dove into those things the more i realized that my problem was far less financial than it was emotional and if i was serious about changing my ways and really serious about i think suiting up and really claiming the life that i always envisioned for myself you know being that little girl and i'm sure you can relate our listeners can relate you have those dreams you have those moments of what your life is going to look like and and what your purpose is and how you're going to serve and give back and i wasn't really doing all of that and that's why the outside was so crazy and discombobulated and so it took that radical acceptance that i call it to really come to terms with You know, what part of my origin story was actually holding me back? And could I start taking full responsibility and accountability for my actions? And could I start slowly but surely over time, start changing those belief systems that then would help me change my habits, which then would help me create a different result? And that was the biggest part of my discovery of realizing that the world actually does not give you what you want even though my book is called Get What You Want, because I do think we can get what we want. But the world doesn't give you what you want. And the world doesn't give you what you need. The world gives you who you are. And I knew that if I wanted to start creating and calling in a different world and life for myself, I needed to become that first. So that was really kind of my internal journey. And then the way that that started to show up on the outside is that I started to have these massive revelations. Right, I I had cleared out the clutter. I realized I had been sick and tired of my corporate job. I'd been sick and tired of it for years, but I was afraid to admit it. I also started to realize that there was so much possibility to make money online as a coach. Um, I also started to really rooting into what my expertise and my experience was. The fact that at this point, I hadn't gotten a lot of things right, Allison, but I had a knack for marketing and PR. I was actually really smart at things like that. I knew what I was talking about and I knew how to find ideas, really kind of maybe revolutionary ideas. And I knew how to take them and kind of break them down into very easy consumable ways for people to to consume and to absorb. And so how could I take all that and build something with it? So I gave myself permission to start my side hustle and that's a whole other story. But slowly and surely that became the business that I have today and the influencer podcast. And now I get to coach and support so many women throughout the world. I have a mastermind. I have online programs. I do one-on-one mentorship and I'm finally really stepping into and have been for probably about the last five years, what I think is my true calling and mission in, in this life. I love that so much.
0: I resonate so much with your story about money. I grew up in a household where my mom was from a very poor family, and my dad was from a fairly wealthy family, a doctor in Houston. And I had a very dichotomous relationship with money because I saw the possibilities. And we would go on European vacations and stuff. And then we'd go to my other grandparents' house And it was like, we weren't allowed to talk about that stuff, you know? So it was like possibilities and then shame. And it makes me like emotional thinking about it. I started working in the music industry in Austin at around age 21 or so. And I actually, interestingly enough, once I got to age 26 or so, half of my clients were Nashville clients and then half Austin clients. I was in the country music world, but it was so crazy being in that world because i that was when i started to rack up a lot of debt was just a we'd go out all the time and i'd be like oh i want everybody to like me so let me buy shots let me buy drinks da da, da. you know that kind of stuff like buying cute clothes to go to concerts and whatever and i felt important and special because that was work for me you know but another part of that was seeing all these musicians make so much money but then spending it all right away and it was like Oh, and I always thought about my debt where it was like, oh, it'll just get wiped out all in one fell swoop, you know? And then I was like, where's that going to come from? Like, you know? And so the past few years, I've really been on a journey of healing my finances and not just like, even though now I'm making better money than I've ever made before, it's not where I want it to be, but it's, but I'm grateful for it and it's growing. I'm not just going to like go throw that money at, paying that off. It's like, I needed to heal my nervous system around that and know that I'm worthy to pay things off slowly if needed and not just like throw everything at it. And it is so true because money is just an energy. And I think that when you have this sense of respect for it, of what it really is, and you're not just using it to like soothe, right no, or make yourself
1: feel better or make yourself feel more worthy. Yeah. It shows up for you in such a different way. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful how you said, and I can relate so much to that. My grandmother literally lived in a trailer her whole life. My dad was one of nine, very Appalachian, like poor, poor, poor. My mom, her dad was the town realtor. So they were more kind of middle class. And, and then when my parents divorced, my mom remarried a man who is very wealthy and well off. So very much like you, Allison, I would see that it was possible, but I had so much shame and I think there was also this, this kind of trauma bond of, I didn't want to deny like my dad's side of the family. And so it was kind of this, this teetering of like, oh, it can happen to other people, but it doesn't happen for people like me. And then I love what you were talking about with amassing all this money and then spending it, because that was always my, my problem. And it was really due to my poor self-concept. And there there was actually a study done on this years ago that um, they were um, it was about poor self-concept of money versus strong self-concept of money. And the study actually found, I think um, the study was with hundreds of of different types of people, that you can never earn 10% more or less than your self-concept level of what you think you're worthy of. Meaning, if you earn 10% more than your concept level, you are going to have this irresistible, insatiable urge to just get rid of it. And that was me. It was like I could, I spent it faster than I could make it. Or mm-hmm. if you start to earn 10% below of what that concept level is, you're going to start to engage in those scrambling behaviors, right? Like, you know, what's the offer that I got to make and what do I have to put out here? And working harder and hustling and figuring it out until you get back to that baseline comfort zone. And then once you're there, you're like, oh, okay, I'm safe. And so I started to learn, and this just kind of goes back to my childhood and my belief system, that the only way that I could increase my income or increase my capacity for anything, my capacity to serve, my capacity to love, my capacity to hold space, is that I had to expand that comfort zone with regard to what I earned. Because, and I know this, and I'm sure you've seen this too, Allison, in your work, there's zero difference in talent, right? Between someone earning let's say 100,000 a year, and someone earning 500,000 a year. The only difference is that one has settled subconsciously at that 100K level, which probably has to do with their origin story and all of that stuff that we've been talking about. And then the other person has refused to settle at anything less than 500K a year. And so what I really learned through that navigation is that you can never earn more on the outside than you do on the inside. And it has to begin with you.
0: That's so, so true. I love it. Leaning into, a little bit of human design. When did you first hear about human design and find out that you were a manifesting generator?
1: So I'm gonna take you back, I think, to, to 2017. That was a very pivotal year for me because I had figured out a way to kind of side hustle my way to 250, but I knew that there was no way I was gonna surpass that number alone. So that's when I found out actually about a mastermind. And I joined a mastermind that year. And I know that you know about mastermind. So of course it's like the biggest investment that. I made, and how am I going to do this? And I just paid off my thirty thousand dollars in debt, and like I was able to pay back my son's college savings, and I got rid of the guilt and shame. And now I have to go to my husband and say, like, "Hey, I now need thirty thousand more (laughs) dollars to invest in this mastermind." Like I'm going to sound insane, but. One of the biggest gifts of that mastermind were the amazing human beings that I met. And there was a woman in there. She's one, still one of my best friends to this day, Jamie Jensen. And she is incredible at sales strategy and copy, but she's got a lot of woo to her magic. She has a lot of witchery to what she does. And she came in to one of our masterminds and she was like, so... I took everybody's human design and you're this and you're this and you're this and you're this. And And she told me, she said, you're a manifesting generator and you have sacral authority. And that was to the limit that I knew. I didn't know anything about channels, profiles, anything like that. And um, so she kind of started to share with me what it was. And then I got really interested and I was like, well, let me look up my family. And so I looked up my, my, my son and this and that. And I looked at my husband and he was a reflector and she was like, oh yeah, (laughs) just like, she was like, oh, and I was like, why? And she was like, they're so rare. And then it just kind of fascinated me to the whole world of it. So that's when I kind of found out and by who I found out from and, and my limited knowledge of it back then. So it was 2017 so
0: this is a very similar story too i already knew about human design and i knew i was a generator and i knew my husband was a projector but the reason i started studying it and got certified in it is because i gave birth to my daughter caroline in 2019 and she's a reflector so i was like i have to learn about this and i wasn't even intending on starting a career out of it it's so crazy i still worked in the music industry then and then COVID hit music industry went away for a little while and so I that's when I started my podcast. When did you start your podcast by the way?
1: April 7th, 2017.
0: Okay, cool. Okay, so 2017 was your big big shift that big
1: year. That was the year I went from 250k to 1.3 million in 9 months. Wow. Yes, it was insane. Happy to talk about how I made that happen. That's when I launched the podcast. That's when I heard about human design. That's when a lot of really big shifts happened for me. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to
0: selfishly ask you this because you're one of my expanders and role models. I think we're almost at like 95,000 for 12 months. So before that, I didn't track my income. I would highly suggest tracking your income. That helps. That's another origin story
1: thing. It's (laughs) fine. Safe space here. I get it.
0: So in February 2022 is when I started, I think the end of it is when I started tracking my income. So we just, I think we're almost at 95,000. So I mean, that's not 250, but, oh, but similar. It is. it is. I could go from there to almost a million
1: or a million. Give a couple tips for us. Yes. So for me back in 2017, and this still works today. And this is, I mean, this is the reason why I I was so hook, hooked after that mastermind. I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I've blown my own dang mind. Like I have to get this out into the world. And so I created my own mastermind to really help women who want that kind of growth um, to support them in that and so really you know you have the inner work you have to do the inner work inner work and success are intertwined you cannot have one without the other and be fulfilled so I always like start with that you have to be your highest self coming to this space with curiosity excitement if you've got the fear that's fine just don't let it be in the driver's seat, put it over in the passenger seat, but you have to come with a full heart, ready to expand, um, and ready to, to dive in. And so it's the willingness and then the desire, and then you have to have the strategy. So for me, the way that I was able to do that is with certain, um, a a certain setup of automation and a certain setup of, um, scalable income. So I call them dares. I have an acronym for it and it stands for digital automated, recurring, evergreen, and scalable. You have to have an offer that at least encapsulates all of those five things as healthily as possible. So your offer has to be digital, right? It doesn't, you're not like mailing something out to people. It, It has to be automated. It has to be recurring, meaning anyone can get it at any time. It has to be evergreen, meaning it's open, it's not the open close, and it has to be scalable. You know, you're not going to put a limit on yourself. And so that's why a lot of that, like one to one coaching, there's only so much you can do. And so it's about shifting from that one to one mindset to the one to many mindset. And so the ways that you can do this is with an online course, an online coaching program. You can do this with a mastermind. Now, it doesn't mean that they won't have some, you know, touch points that aren't automated. There may be some things that are manual in the process, but at least. The core essence of the process and the curriculum has those five things, has the dares. And so that's what it is. And then I have a model of kind of walking women through how to do this in order to scale. One of the key components is that you've got to start building that email list. Um, if Instagram goes away tomorrow, like, what are we going to do? So, how are we getting our ideal buyers off of that platform and into an email list where we can really love on them and nurture them and build that know, like, and trust? And then we start to. Document a really effective system to get you into those that Dare's wheel as much as possible, and so that's how I did it. That is kind of the the, the formula. It's not sexy, <laughs> you know. It's very masculine energy, but I feel like we need the balance of the both. The masculine energy gives us that clarity. It gives us the systems. It gives us the strategy, and then we get to come in with our essence and our flow to really put the magic into the space that we're creating. So my methodology, it's great. If you are a coach, if you have an online business, if you're a service provider of some kind, those are typically kind of what the dares really work the best for. So that's the model.
0: so you guys know before I got on to sort of outline what we were going to talk about today, I looked up Julie's superpowers. So the four gates in her incarnation cross. And one of those is all about having a mind that processes logically. And that is exactly what you do. It's just like being able to sort of formulate things to get you to a specific place. And I love that. And her other big channel is the Genius Freak channel which is so cool. Can we
1: please talk about that? It cracks me up that it's called genius freak. I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm a genius freak. Okay. (laughs) So the person
0: who terms this is actually one of my human design mentors, Jenna Zoe. Do you follow her at all? I feel like that name is so familiar. She's amazing. She's British. I've gone through a couple of certifications, but she was one of them, and she sort of has her own terms for it. So she she coined this term genius freak. So it's all about the ability to explain things in a simple and cool-headed way, but having very unique opinions. And these people who have this channel, but especially it being in your incarnation cross just means it's like one of your main purposes of being on this earth so you basically came here in this life with an agreement to see a future way of doing things a new world way of doing things we're walking into a new cycle in human design world we call it the new paradigm and it begins in 2027 but in human design also it takes seven years to decondition so we talk about how that really actually started at the beginning of 2020 a lot of different shifts (laughs) happened. yeah and you're sort of what's cool is that you started this work even before that but there's this new paradigm way of seeing things of working of making money of communicating and it's in your contract to come down early for your time a lot of people probably early on thought you were crazy for the way that you were talking about things but especially once 2027 hits it's sort of like you're going to be very much a leader Walking us into this new peer time, so that's it's cool to have the genius freak channel.
1: Yes, thank you. I love that, and I I do feel that. I feel like you know what lights me up is is always you know finding new ways to express my power, express my ideas. Sometimes things I'm like, does this make sense? Like, am I like? I'll say that to people. I'm like, is this making sense? Or like, am I out to lunch here? Like, what's happening? So it's good to know that. But I I do remember reading that. I have to be mindful of and discerning of who I share the information with because the wires can get crossed. Yeah.
0: It's sort of that tapping into your sacral, like your gut instinct of like, is this the right person for this information? And if it's not, it's just a waste of your time really to be trying to convince them of something, you know, with your gate 49 about being sensitive to spiritual needs. How does that show up for you?
1: I feel like when I was reading this, when you sent it to me, it actually really like warmed my heart up so much because I feel that so much in my coaching spaces, my ability to hold space, my ability to be really empathetic and kind of honoring the spirit of people. I've always too kind of felt like I had this, always just had this thing. I think I've told you this, Allison, where like, I will see a woman who just has that like. It's actor about her who has this star. And I want to help her crack it open. And I want to help her get it out into the world and, and help her let it shine. But that can be very scary for women. And so that's the thing that I think that I can be sensitive to. And I can kind of honor that. And I, I feel like a lot of times, like I can kind of Share with someone what they want, what they want to hear, what they think that they need, but then I give them what they need when they're really rooting with me. So it's kind of about, I can see what people need maybe before they can. And if they're ready and willing to go there with me, I can hold the space for that. I just did an
0: interview with a reflector. I don't know if you know her, Anastasia Jones. She's pretty amazing. You should totally connect with her, but oh, she's a reflector. But I'm fascinated
1: by reflectors, so I'm going to have to look her up.
0: And we were talking about reflectors and how they're actually the most repelling type, but manifestors like people with manifesting energy can be sort of repelling just because you have a lot of openness in you and you're very penetrating into other people. And sometimes that's uncomfortable for you to see so much into them that they don't see. How has that shown up for you in life or in in business?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be able to see in other people what not even what they can't see in themselves, but what they don't want to see or refuse to see. I kind of have what I call like a massive no BS meter. I can sniff the BS out like that. Like, and I don't even have to meet someone. I can just see someone on Instagram and I can be like, okay, uh uh-uh. uh, like sacral's like, uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh. Doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean anything. But it's, I've always had kind of this thing to do that. And I I think maybe in some ways it's helped me create healthy boundaries, but I think that especially younger when, when I was younger and I hadn't done as much work on myself, I could um, maybe overshare a little bit more as a way to maybe like connect or a way to be like, but no, I, I want you to know my truth. And it actually can come across as very controlling. And so it's kind of like, you know, if you say it more than once, you're trying to control. And so I have to be very mindful of, you know, is this person really ready and willing to hear and feel what I have to share? Or is it going to actually make them shut down and actually make them take something that I've said and misconstrue it in a whole different way? And even though that wasn't my intention, that becomes their reality and then things can get very cross. And so I've definitely seen that a lot in my personal life. I've seen that with friends. I've seen it in my relationship with my reflector husband. Um, I've seen it with coaching clients, especially early on. But I think, um, and, and this just is a, as a testament to your work and for anyone listening, the more that you root into human design, I think, and really understanding your, I, I think our greatest strengths can also be our greatest defects. And so we have to kind of figure out how to balance them out the more that we can use this to our benefit instead of it being a deterrent for us. One of my favorite things
0: about Gens is their ability to be role models to show us that we don't have to do things in a linear way, like going from 250K to 1.3 million, you know? And it's not just gents who can do this, but y'all are often like sort of the people who do it first to show that it doesn't have to be like, oh, like I, was, I went to business school, I got a finance and marketing degree, and it was like 10% growth every year, 10, like that's what we were taught. That was just like the logical way of thinking and that's just not the way business is anymore especially in entrepreneurship and the coaching spaces so i know that there's some like shadowy aspects to the manifestor energy but some of the more beautiful things are that showing up and proving to people that we can do things in a non-linear way linear way and make quantum leaps and jumps and and all of that kind of stuff as well as speaking you know your podcast has been so huge. I know you already gave several tips. Do you have a final visibility tip for all my business owning listeners out there? Or do you want to give more than one, whatever feels good for you?
1: So you have predominantly fabulous women listening that do run their own business or are working in the midst of that. Okay. Coaches, service providers, maybe they have their own brick and mortar. Am I kind of, It's honestly all
0: types. At the very beginning, I was mainly speaking to moms. And then in the past year and a half, it's gone to entrepreneurs, whether they're coaches, direct sales, there's some product-based businesses that are, you know, brick and mortar, lots
1: of podcast hosts. So yeah. Okay. Beautiful. So then, yeah, this will apply. The one thing that is huge, and I see this a lot with my clients, This is like a massive visibility tip, And I I dive deeper into this and into my book as well. But there's a quote in my book that I love. And I say, you cannot hide yourself and expect to be seen. So many women that I know, so many powerful, amazing, incredible, thought-provoking, innovative, transformative women that I know will hide themselves. And then they start looking around and they're like, well, why isn't my business growing? Allison, like, why, why is my Instagram not growing? I'm creating all this quality content and it's like pulling teeth to get anybody to care. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And so this is where my contrarian comes in. And, you know, I have the little the silver tongue, if you will, to go in to say, well, are you really showing up? Really? Like when you really get to the root of it, are you showing up? If you went to go look at your content right now, would you want to absorb it? You know, go back to your last 10 Instagram posts. This is for anyone listening. Go back to your last 10 Instagram posts. And is it a direct reflection of who you are, what you offer, how you serve, who it's for, and why it's important? And if it's not, you know, you're still hiding, which is okay because I know it is so flipping scary to be seen, but I promise you it is worth it. So, you have to really get honest with yourself and ask yourself, am I hiding and expecting to be seen? So that's the first step for sure. I think another one, and this kind of gets a little bit more tactical. And again, like what you were saying with a lot of the stuff that I have to feel through is d- doesn't make logical sense. I'll test things out all the time. It does not make logical sense, but I'm also very process driven, but I love to tell people like, take what you like and leave the rest. If I, if I say something and you're just like, I don't agree with that. Great, you know, but if there's something that that fits with you, wonderful. So the next one is a little bit more process driven, and that is about I, I see so many women that don't focus on a specific like lane, right? Like they they've clarified their offer, they know what they're offering, they know who they're talking to, but then they'll start creating content and it's the same problem, right? Like Al said, I I don't know why I'm not growing. I'm not getting sales. I don't know what's happening. And then I'll go and I'll look at their Instagram and it's like one day they're talking about skincare. And then the next day they're talking about not belonging. And then the next day they're giving me some skill set that I didn't even know that they had. And then the next day they're talking about going to the carpool line to pick up the kids. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm confused. (laughs) So it's like, if I'm confused, there's no telling how confused you are, right? So- It's like we have to learn how to put baby in a corner without putting baby in a corner, if that makes sense. Like we've got to pick a lane and then that lane can be as colorful and dynamic and beautiful as possible, but it's got to be a lane. So are you allowing your content to really pave the path for people to follow you? Because followers do not follow followers. They follow leaders. So you have to lead the path. That is another big way to become more visible. When you stand for something, you know, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. So it's like, what what is that thing for you? So that's that's another big one. And then another big one that actually a lot of people would would kind of maybe find surprisingly that it relates to visibility, but it does, is um, underpricing and undervaluing yourself. I see so many women that you know come to me with this. Powerful, beautiful, big idea. And they've got so much love and so much energy and so much experience to give. So it's going to be this high vibe, high quality, high luxe experience. But then they put like a dollar general price tag on it. Immediate energetic mismatch. It's like, hey, I'm going to give you the Chanel store, but you're going to pay me the Walmart price. So there's nothing wrong with Walmart, but you have to decide like, are you Walmart? Or are you Chanel? <laughs> are you Target? Or are you, you know, a high-end boutique? Like, are you mass volume? Because I have a lot of friends in this world that are mass. They've got millions of followers. They can have low ticket offers all the time, right? Because they've got hundreds of thousands of people on their email list. They've got millions of people that follow them. They can sell things for 19 bucks here and there. But if you're someone telling me that you want to make a million dollars in a year and you're selling a $19 product to seven people, the math's not mathing. So you have to learn how to first inward, right, and we talked about that self-concept, start reflecting energetically and matching the money that you truly want to make and start valuing yourself. Because when you start to call in that value of where you really want to be, and you start matching it with the price, it allows you to actually become more visible to the right and perfect buyers for that offer. When you're kind of one foot in, one foot out, because you're afraid, and we go back to that all or nothing scarcity thinking, and you undercharge yourself, it actually creates a marketing, a messaging mismatch for people it calls in the wrong buyers. It's the fastest way to burn out and exhaustion. I've learned that personally from my own experience, and it keeps you small and it keeps you hidden. So that would be kind of my my last little tip for the visibility. Just to start, really thinking about does my pricing really match with um, with what I'm bringing to the world? Because that requires an ownership on your part first. Yeah.
0: With your tip number two, it's sort of niching down. It's sort of figuring out like your lane and staying in it. One mistake I made early on was I was a new mom. And so I really wanted to help new moms under, or moms, period, understand human design. But I didn't love doing that. (laughs) Like that was my, like, that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't actually, like, I love coaching about business you know? So I, that took a little while for me to be like, that's not my lane. Not that, I mean, and now people come to me for parenting advice or marriage advice. And I'm like, I don't have it figured out. I will send you to somebody else. And that's like freeing being able to say that, like, do not ask me about marriage advice. Cause I don't got my shit together. Do not ask me about parenting advice. Cause I just yelled at my three and a half year old. So that was one thing. And then on your third tip, that is something I'm working on right now. Because for a while I was like, is my mastermind too expensive? And now I'm working on raising the price of it. But what I was able to do is create a membership that has very, you know, it's not a mastermind, it's just a membership, less access to me, it's not my baby. My baby's my mastermind. And I'm like, oh, I can increase... Because you're. it's a people-pleasing thing. It's being like, I want to help as many people as possible. Well, if you can't afford my mastermind, then you are welcome to come into my membership. It's amazing. You're going to have so much value. You'll have 12 months of work to do. Have fun. Have fun. And that's where they're supposed to be.
1: It's actually doing them a service. Totally.
0: Yeah. So I'm just now getting there with... <laughs> With tip number three. So yeah. Well,
1: I love, and are we good on
0: time? Because- We can wrap up soon, but you you go ahead with what you want to talk well, about.
1: Well, what you were just touching on, business success is, it's just a formula, right? And the formula is the number of offers you make minus the no's that you get equals your yeses. That's how you scale a business. So in order to scale the business, you have to double every part of that equation. You got to double the number of offers that you make. You got to double the no's that you get, which is hard for people because they don't want to hear no, but that's how you double the yeses. And I think what this comes down to is that the only there's only kind of three things that can trip us up with the equation. You either have the wrong offer, you're offering it to the wrong person, or you don't have your marketing and messaging dialed in. That's it. You either have the wrong offer, you're offering it to the wrong person, or you don't have your marketing and messaging dialed in. Normally, people are offering it to the wrong person. Like they're offering it to people who don't have a willingness or desire to invest in their product and service. So when people come to me and they're like, Julie, every single time I make an offer, someone tells me it's too expensive. Well, then that's not your customer. Your customer is someone who is going to happily pay you for your services. If you keep, you know, I could have the greatest offer in the world, but if I go offer it to a room full of kindergartners, I'm not going to make any sales. So you have to make sure that you are selling water to a thirsty person with money. And so that's the formula. Where we get trepped up is the mind drama. We start saying like, oh, I'm not enough, or I've got to please, or I've got to reduce my prices so everybody's happy, or I can't hear the word no. And so you have to learn how to manage your mind. Once you do that, follow that formula. And you're really, it's limitless how much money you can make at that point. Especially automated.
0: I don't have that fear of no. I think I was just getting to a point where I was like, I need some place to funnel that, where it's like, my podcast is one thing, it's free, you know, it's very valuable, but like I didn't have something in the middle really. So that helped me to decondition from that people pleasing because I'm like, this is a no brainer. So here you go. And that just started a week ago. So I know that it takes time to scale as well. So well, and I
1: love that you use the word funnel. I think so many people are so it gets such a bad name. So many people are shot like they they hate funnels, they're afraid of say funnels are what have made me millions of dollars. <laughs> like I love a funnel and a funnel can feel conducive to the journey of your customer. It doesn't have to feel like this toxic, masculine, like automated thing. And so I love that you brought that up and I think that's a good thing for your audience to hear from you. So, to wrap this amazing
0: conversation up, how can my listeners connect with you and what ways can they get into your world to work with you?
1: Yes. Well, first, I just want to say again, thank you so much for having me. And I love the work that you do and the work that you're doing. And I think that it's so, so important. And I just want to implore everyone out there that's listening to like, Dive more into this. I make my entire. If I ever hire someone new, I make them take a human design quiz. Like I, I can. I'm not, of course, an expert at all. Allison is your girl for that, but I am a firm believer in in really utilizing this for your work. And even just with the the time that we've had, Allison, I've learned even more about my human design. So I feel like there's always new ways to unlock it. So thank you for for that. So, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I tend to hang out the most. I'm at Jules, J U L S Solomon, S O L O M O N. Um, I do have the influencer podcast. That is a great way. If you want to dive into me, kind of learn my coaching style and who I am and how I work, that's a great place to get started. Of course, it's free. And then you can go to juliesolomon.net, which is my website, to find out about all of the amazing things that I have. And then, lucky for us today, actually, I have a brand new challenge that once this podcast airs, it's going to be live. So you can actually go to juliesolomon.net slash challenge today. It is a five day, really short and action-based visibility challenge that is going to help you build a seven figure launch formula while growing your reach in just five days. So if that's of interest to you, definitely check that out and you'll learn a lot more about me there too.
0: I will most likely be in that live with you guys as well. We will have just gotten back from our spring break vacation. And so I will be on fire to get back to work. So thank you so much, Julie. This has been like such a fun conversation. I know I had just a few things to talk about, but we expanded into so many others. And I think it was just exactly what needed to come through today. So
1: I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and Really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at you do woo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect.
1: Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.
0: Come on a journey like no other